Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Would you put your hands together for the Lord? And Jim Hart, why don't you come and head us off? Praise Jesus! Merry Christmas! You may be seated. This is all word. You could stand for seven minutes if you want. You know, Christmas is such an amazing time, and what we do, our culture, we exchange gifts. Oftentimes, the value that we place upon the person that we're giving the gift to determines how much time, how much energy, or how much expense we're willing to pour out for their gift. Now, our Heavenly Father sent a gift. His name was Jesus. Absolutely the most expensive gift that there ever was or ever could be. And He came to indwell us by His Spirit. He was born in a manger. He lived a perfect life, died on a cross, rose from the grave. He sits at the right hand of God, and He makes intercession for us. What gift or gifts can we give to Him? So I have a few suggestions, and here we go. The first one is thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How about praise? Psalm 34 verse 1 I will bless the Lord at all times, His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Once again, Psalm 100, verse 4, we enter into His gates with thanksgiving and we enter into His courts with praise. Come on. I made it through the gate. I'm in His courts. I want to get to the throne room. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150, verse 6, everything or everyone that has breath do what? Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Next gift, let's worship Him. We have to be in His presence, in the throne room. Let's go there. How do we get there? Well, we got some work to do on ourselves. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, This is your true and proper worship. We worship Him when we pour out ourselves and we take on Himself. Jesus talked to a woman who was, uh, you probably remember the story at any rate, we just know her as the woman at the well. In John chapter 4, He was describing to her what true worship is. John 4, 23 through 24 says, The hour comes, and now is, 
when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. The next verse, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We made it through the gate. We're thankful. We made it through the court. We praise Him. We made it into the throne room and we worship Him. What else can we do? Let's talk about communication with Him. Prayer. Let's pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Philippians 4.6 Be anxious or careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Let's pray. What a house of prayer. Everything that you see, everything that we are was established in prayer. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, red words, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Thanksgiving, praise, worship, prayer. Let's talk about one more. This was is called witness. We can't witness unless he's witnessing through us. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. Say, I shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses, Jesus says, unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Wasilla, Alaska is the uttermost part of the earth. You've got to go a long way on the map. Mark 16, 15. And he said unto his disciples, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Paul writes in Romans chapter 10 that, hey, they're not going to hear unless you preach it. Be a witness. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. I have 40 seconds left. Y'all are amazing. Please be thankful. Let's praise Him together. Let's worship at His throne. Right? Let's do everything we can in prayer. Give Him the opportunity to move on our behalf. And then, let's share the good news with others. Amen? Merry Christmas. Well, when Jim said there's 40 seconds left, I thought he'd gift that to me, and he didn't. Okay. Well, praise God. Well, thank you, Pastor Daniel, for allowing uh, me to be up here. Appreciate that. This uh, Christmas season, you know, it's a time of gifts, as we know. We saw the little kiddos up here, and their faces lighting up with all those gifts. What, a, what an amazing time. Their faces lighting up like Christmas trees. 
precious treasures and precious gifts. So, you know, other than my salvation and my marriage to my beautiful wife, Arian, over there, I thought, you know, three things came up, three gifts came up in my mind, and I thought I'd just mention those. Very impactful. One of them's our recent trip to Israel. You heard Pastor Daniel mention that several times in the services here lately. And as a group, we went there, and one of the most fascinating sites that we visited, most impactful to me, was the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem, where Jesus was born in the cave. And even though we waited for several hours, or three hours I think it was, in the line, it was well worth it where we actually got to go into the cave and stick our hand on the very place where Jesus was born. That was impactful. That was such a gift. And you know, these things, these gifts that occur in our lives, they're slivers in time. Not only are they gifts, these slivers of time that God gifts us, but it also has to deal with relationship. Our relationships. So Dr. Morocco, he had mentioned, uh, he gave a short message after we came out of that place, out of the cave, and he spoke these words, and it really never hit me until then. Think about it, he said. This is the place where we stand right now that God became flesh. It just did something to me. So now when I read Scripture, like John 1.14, which we're going to cover in just a moment. Or when I hear Christmas songs, like we did last night at the Christmas Eve service. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Or anything related to Jesus' birth. It does something to me now. It's a gift. It's that moment of time where God gifted, where it clearly spoke, not only of a gift, but the relationship that comes with it. So let me read that John 1.14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen? Because the living God of the universe, the Maker of heaven and earth, wanted a relationship with each and every one of us. That's how much we're loved. That's how much each and every one of you are loved by God. He wanted a relationship with His creation. We've all been created in the image of God. But not only just to, He tells us to multiply, be fruitful and multiply. We're talking about the relationship. Whether you think so or not, it is about the relation. Think about this. If you had, now I wouldn't mind having a little bit of money, like a 10,000 square foot home, what would you do with it if you didn't have a relationship to share it with? How would that be? Yeah, it'd be nice. What if you had the fanciest car, nobody to drive around, or go out and have dine at the finest restaurant, nobody to share it with, or a million dollars in your hip pocket, nobody to share it with? What good is it? There's no relationship attached to it. The relationship puts the real value to the gift. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift 
of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's another gift that I'd like to talk about, and that's when we became parents. There's a moment of time where we were gifted to be the, we were privileged to be parents. And they're all in here right now. Ryan, Josiah, and Kayla. I've got to say their name just so I can embarrass them. So God revealed to us them and our precious treasures. We couldn't love them anymore if, I, if we had birthed them out of our own bodies or Arian's body, okay? Let, let me just make that clear. Okay. <laughs> now that I could clear that one up. So another time I'd like to talk about real quick and in closing is a time where I had a relationship with my earthly father. And he passed away 10 years ago or so. But I'll never forget that sliver of time. No more than five minutes with him. And my sister said, hey, why don't you go back and spend some time? I think about him every Christmas. But go spend some time with him away from the rest of the family so that you can say goodbye to him. And I squeezed him and hugged him, probably fractured a couple of bones. I just held on to him. And I said in his ear, I said, Dad, I love you so much. And here's what he does. Puts his hand on the back of my head. Pats my head and he says, I know. He said that for me. And then as we were walking out the door of the house to meet the rest of the family and say, say goodbye, I turned around and I said, Dad, thanks for everything. And he says, Hank, it was my pleasure. And as we drove away, he blew a kiss. And that leads me to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The gift in that is He gave, him, gave His life to the Lord. So I will see Him again in heaven. More importantly, Jesus. And I think about these three gifts during this Christmas season. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to start talking while I'm walking up. Hopefully they don't start my time. I am so excited. Thank you, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen, for giving me this opportunity. I cannot go without saying that. Um, so everybody stole all my message, kind of a little bit. It's fine, though, because mine's also a little bit different. So when we found out what we were preaching about, um, I kind of questioned my whole life for a moment uh, because the instructions were very vague. So... I'm going to be talking about gifts today. I'm so excited. And actually this morning I was still very, I was, I was contemplating a lot of this. And um, I actually talked to Hank. We were standing over here looking at all the gifts, trying to make them look pretty. And I remembered a time when my daughter was four years old. She's now 14. So this was 10 years ago. And um, we, were, we were part of the children's ministry. We may have been leading it, I'm not sure, but we did the Christmas thing. And I remember I was 
putting all the gifts out and there were some not great wrapped ones. Now, I am very much that person who usually uses the brown paper because it all matches and then I hot glue it so you can't see the tape because that's just how extra I can be. Um, no big deal, this year I used wrapping paper, hey. Um, so. I was thinking about this gift and I kept thinking to myself, man, I hope my daughter doesn't get that because I'm not going to pick my kids' gifts. That's not fair because I peek at some of them. So I'm going to let whoever's giving out the gifts give my, give my kid this gift. And sure enough, she gets the one that's not wrapped great. And I was just thinking to myself the whole time, oh, thank you, Jesus. I know you love her and you love me too. You're teaching me something in this moment and he is. I get to use it today. So I promise there's a scripture coming. So I was thinking about this gift and on the outside, it looked like it was less than special. It kind of just looked like something thrown together. No big deal, my thing jingles. And I wanted absolutely nothing to do with this gift. When she got it and opened it up, I realized how beautiful the gift actually was. In fact, it's something that I still use today. My, my little four-year-old daughter dresses up and it was this little tutu with like these necklaces and oh my gosh, it was super cute. I'm like, they definitely spent more than $10, but that's okay. So I still have this gift today and that's moving in us into our scripture. It's 2 Corinthians 9, 12 through 15. It says, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have provided your, or approved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So Paul is talking to the church of Achaya, I had to Google that, it's fine, about how their gifts encouraged others and how they needed to stick it out. They had made a promise, this is what we're going to give, and, and now Paul is saying to them, stick it out, you guys, come on, you can do this, it's going to be something that touches generations, and you see that it's still talked about today. This gift is still talked about and used for an example for us daily. Like we see it all the time. God has placed a gift in each and every single one of us that he is waiting for us to open. Today is a day where we talk about gifts, where we have the gifts that are wrapped up and they're not very beautiful sometimes, but God is waiting. Sometimes we don't feel that great. I'm just being honest. I am a mom of five. I'm usually here in sweats with my hair not brushed. I brushed my hair today, hey. Um, but there's a lot of times where I realize I am not the most perfectly wrapped gift. But I know that through my testimony and through the things that I've experienced, I can be a gift to someone else, right? Just saying, it's a real thing. Each one of us, though, has a special gift that God wants us to unwrap. I'm not going to be able to share the testimony. I want to encourage you, though, um, you might not feel like you have the best gift wrapping. You might feel like, um, like you're not there yet. I teach Discover Track, and so many times I, I see people who are like, I'm not ready to step out because I don't have it all together. Well, newsflash, I don't either. 
you should see my house sometimes. Just saying that it's a real thing. So I want to encourage you guys. It doesn't have to be the best wrapping. It doesn't have to be something that's perfect all the time. All God wants you to do is be the gift that other people need. Just like he gave, I, he took my scripture, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see this scripture and you realize that God sent Jesus. And when Jesus was born, he wasn't born, like Pastor Daniel said this morning, in a palace with like all these amazing things. No, he was wrapped in a less than perfect gift wrap, right? So when we talk about gifts this season, yeah, it's really nice to have those perfect, I always sing the song, brown paper packages titled with string, because that's how I like my packages wrapped up. Like I'm nice and crisp and clean, but sometimes that's not how life works out. And it's okay. I want to tell you it's okay. Your gifts and your callings, those things that Jesus Christ came to earth for you to be able to use for his kingdom, those are the things that he, he waits. He just patiently waits. Like Christmas morning when you're a kid, he's waiting for those presents to be opened, waiting to see you come into your full calling. And he is so excited when you finally say yes. Amen. He gives us the gift of eternity, but not just for us in this generation, not just for when the Bible was written. He gives you the gift of eternity for all eternity. When you say yes, when you pray, and when you do everything that you're called to do, your children are blessed. Your children get to see eternity. I want to encourage you guys today. Yes, sometimes it's a little bit messy, but... What you're doing counts. What you're doing is a gift to God and a gift to the generations. Amen. Wow, praise God. I just want to thank Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen for allowing me to speak to you tonight. I still have my, you never know when you got to greet somebody. So. I'm always ready. Amen. <laughs> I like that, Daniel. Praise God. And um, first, I apologize for having to follow Chanel. <laughs> My goodness, what an act to follow. Praise God. She was awesome in Birthday of a King. Praise the Lord. Um, in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, read like this. For unto us... A child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And I'm going to stop right there because I want to talk about God's peace, something that when I got saved, I had no concept in my mind about what God meant by, by peace. I had no experience in my life that I could remember up until that point that I ever felt 
the peace of God. And it, it, it couldn't be something that was imparted by the world. It had to be something that was imparted by God because I saw no example of peace. Growing up in my house, my mother and my father were divorced when, um, I'll tell you a sad black guy story, okay? All right. My, my, my mother and father were divorced when I was three. And one of my earliest memories of my mother and father is as a baby crawling into the, to the kitchen, underneath the kitchen table. And we lived in a stone, cold, hard ghetto. And so one of the table legs was not correctly fastened to the table. And I distinctly remember my mother's hand reaching under that table and grabbing that table leg, and I guess she swung it at my father. All I heard was this boom. And then I remember blood dripping on the floor. That's one of my earliest memories of the relationship between my mother and my father. Like I said, the peace was something that was far and fleeting away from me. I remember just a few years later, we lived in, in the same apartment building, and across the street was a bar. And me and my little sister, my youngest sister's favorite activity on Friday night was to get something to eat and sit in front of that window and watch the bar across the street. Because we knew that sooner or later, there was going to be some action. <laughs> and sure enough, people, more than likely, somebody would come out fighting and swinging broken um, liquor bottles at each other and, you know, cussing each other out. Excuse me. Okay, and um, it, was, it, was, it was tumultuous. That was our entertainment on Friday nights. Later, I remember probably around 1966, 1967, being eight years old, and tanks rolling down my, my street in response to riots after Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. And um, I remember walking to my mother's bedroom and said, what, what's wrong, Mom? Because she was crying, and she was, and she was like, oh, they killed Dr. Martin Luther King. And I said, okay, because I had no idea who Dr. Martin Luther King was. But I was not acquainted with anything, peace. My whole life was like that. I lived, you know, gang wars, you know, you know, fights, black nationalist movement, you know, the Black Panther movement. You know, that started in Cleveland, the Black Panthers, but that's okay. They went out to, they went out to California and got crazy. Okay, but um, the black nationalists would fight the Black Panther. It was a trip. Okay, so I grew up in that kind of, that kind of atmosphere and neighborhood. I grew up where there was gangs, and I was a member of a gang, and you had to get beat up to be a member of the gang, and I remember getting beat up, and I remember becoming a member of that gang, and I remember one of my lowest moments of having to beat somebody else up. I didn't even want to participate, but. So I grew up in war. When, when God started talking about peace, you have to have a framework, a, a, a reference to which to work with. And when I was reading, and he was the Prince of Peace, it broke my heart because I was like, oh, God, what is this peace that, that you have? And, and Jesus wrote in John chapter 14, he said, my peace I give to you. Peace not as the world gives. I was like, what are you talking about? What is this peace? And I have got insisted in one of the most profound moments in my life. So when I was working at the prison, 
And this inmate came to attack me. And in my mind, I went to a place where, like I said, I didn't know nothing about peace. I just knew that if the guy took one more step, we were in a fight. You, already, you always plan stuff as it happens. It doesn't always go as you plan it, but it's, it's nice to have a plan. You know, so you're in a fight. It's a fight. That means, you know, that the guy throw a haymaker and your plans go out the window. But, you know, but I was thinking this. I was thinking I was going to destroy this guy. And at this time, I was about three years old in the Lord. And I'm working at the prison. And I thought the guy that thought like that no longer existed. It was away. And the guy approached me and I changed my mind about what was going to happen. This peace settled over. This kind of like, where I, I didn't really put my guard up. I, I really was confused about how I was responding to what was happening because usually I would drop back into some kind of defensive stance and I would get ready to handle my business. But this peace came over me. And this just rest and I, it just, I just hit my heart. I just was like, I just settled down into the arms of Jesus. And this guy was about to destroy me. But at the last minute, a guard stepped in and, um, and separated me from the guy. And I was like, wow. I was going, that was, that was fortuitous that the guard said it. I got, you know, you got peace. Man, there's nothing that can, that can mess with you. I don't even know if you have any concept of peace. I know that when I was seven years old, I had, a, I had a, um, a, a nightmare. And from the time I was seven years old to the time I was 26, I never got a full night's sleep. And when I was older, I used to drink. I used to participate in illegal drugs, anything to get some rest, to get some peace. But I never got it. No matter how many drugs I took, no matter, no matter how much I drank, how, you know, how do you know that doing those things will, is the opposite of promoting peace in your own life? Okay, so it was, there was always a war. There was always a fight. There was always a conflict. But when I got to know God, he gave me a peace that I did not possess. It was something that he just imparted to me. And he gave me the ability to breathe when I got in a tight circumstances and situations when everybody all hell was breaking loose around me I had this peace that just came out of my spirit this 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 aroma of heaven this ability to abide in the shadow of the almighty in in the case of chaos it, it is crazy but there is a peace that only Jesus can give you that no drug can give you no alcohol can give you no, no, no person of the opposite sex can give you. No mom can give you. No daddy can give you. And even no pastor can give you. It is something that Jesus gives you. And because it comes from Jesus, it can't be taken away from you. It, don't never surrender. You can give it away. You can jump back in there if you want to. But you know what? When God gives me peace, I've learned to rest in it. Just to and let God wash over me like he does every Christmas, 
every day of my life is Christmas because I have the Prince of Peace. And you can have the Prince of Peace too. And I'm sure before this night is over, you'll be given the opportunity to invite the Prince of Peace into your life. Hallelujah. You don't want to miss that one. Praise God. Hallelujah. That was awesome, Pastor Vince. You're a living, breathing miracle. Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, Christmas means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Christmas time can be a time of great joy, like those kids this morning. Expectancy, can't wait to see what's under the tree, and hope, hope for better things. For others, it can also be a time full of sorrow, losing a loved one, having a tragedy happen, a time of loneliness, being alone, missing family, and even a time of tension in your family. And tonight I want to encourage you that no matter your circumstances, make Christmas a time to renew your belief in the promises of God. It's scientifically proven that no one can make you believe. It's a lesson from one of our encounters. There isn't any part of your brain that can be probed to force you into believing something. A probe can be used to actually make you move involuntarily. You can, your brain can be probed to help you, uh, make you remember a memory. You've got this memory bank, but no part of your brain can be probed to make you believe. That part, that choice is made by your heart, your inner person that God created. And tonight I want to encourage you with this part of the Christmas story directly after the angel Gabriel visits Mary. Let's read it together in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verses 39 through 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Tonight, I want to encourage you, number one, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We've had some great messages tonight. He's the greatest gift that was ever given. He is the greatest promise that God ever gave and fulfilled was to bring salvation to his people. When you make that choice to believe, everybody say believe. On the Lord Jesus Christ, all of God's promises are yours. Did you know in the Bible, there are over 7,000 promises that God made from him toward mankind? Exact number, 7,147 promises. And when you make that choice to believe and to receive Jesus, all of those are for you. I'm going to read some of my favorites, and it's already been said tonight, but John 3, 16, I'm going to emphasize the word. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes, whoever believes in him 
will not perish but have everlasting life. Another one of my favorite promises, Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5. This says, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You want that promise for you? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you secondly, let your testimony, your testimony, yours, Pastor Vince shared his, your testimony of faith, encourage others. Get this, it was after the angel Gabriel testified of Elizabeth's pregnancy that Mary chose to believe. Just earlier in that chapter, Zechariah was in the temple and the angel Gabriel, same angel, came to him and said, your wife's going to have birth. And he, and he was like, what? I'm an old man. And the angel made him mute. A <laughs> couple verses down the road, he goes down to Mary. Same thing. How can this be? And instead of making her mute, <laughs> which is kind of funny because he made Zechariah mute, um, he gives her a testimony and says this in Luke 1, 36 through 38. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Right after that, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. When you choose to believe that God has a... When you choose to believe God, it has a greater impact than you could ever imagine. You're going to encourage other people in their faith. When God does things in your life like he did in Elizabeth, it encouraged Mary to believe God's word. Next, surround yourself with others who will believe with you. Do you know what she did? We read in that main passage, it was right after the angel Gabriel spoke to her. She got up. And she hurried to the town. She hurried to see her relative Elizabeth. And it was there that Elizabeth helps to build Mary's faith. Without knowing, except by the power of the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth prophesies and confirms to Mary the words of the Lord. Elizabeth, they didn't have texting back then. Mary didn't text Elizabeth and say, you would never believe what just happened. No. It was the baby hearing Mary's greeting leaps in her womb and Elizabeth prophesies to Mary and confirms the word of the Lord. I want to encourage you, be in church, get into a life group, join a team. You know why? Because you need other people to encourage you in your walk with the Lord to say, don't give up. You keep believing God's promises are for you. They will agree and stand with you until God's promises are fulfilled in your life. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months. Can you imagine how her faith was encouraged to watch Elizabeth's tummy grow and grow and grow and realize that in her own womb, the promise of God was growing inside of her. Be in church, rub shoulders with people who believe the promises of God. And you know what? You're going to begin to testify. You're going to encourage other people. Don't doubt. Look at your neighbor and say, don't doubt. 
Numbers 23, 19 through 20 has been one of my life verses. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Barak said, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot change it. It was Balaam, not Barak. Okay, listen to this. When you believe God's promises are for you, Even your enemy, the devil, cannot stop the power of God's promises at work in your life. But again, you have to choose to believe. You have to choose. Nobody can make you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody can make you believe the promises of God are for you. It's for you to claim for yourself. So which one of those 7,147 promises are you going to stand on? I'm going to stand on all of them. Tonight, what has God promised to you? Do not give up hope because he is the God of hope. He is faithful to his word and he will fulfill it as you continue to trust and believe and live for him. This Christmas, be like Mary and make the choice to believe in the promises of God. Amen. God bless you guys. With every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the greatest gift you could ever receive is salvation. Powerful messages this this evening. Would you examine your heart all across this place and those online? Have you received Jesus? Have Have you been born again? And if you haven't, won't you do it now? Won't you do it on this Christmas night? Give your life to Jesus. You'll never regret it. Say, that's me, Pastor. I believe that Jesus died in my place. I believe he rose again from the grave for me. Wonderful. Now repent of your sin and invite him to come into your heart. If that's you, would you pray with me right out loud all across this place, many people praying. Come on, pray right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com. And may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.